Good morning, everybody. What's good? It's your boy, Jeff Malveson, host of the Morvison Podcast, and I want to thank you for tuning in this morning. We got a very good episode. We call it Change is Good. Um, but before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to the Anchor app for supporting me. Um, it's the easiest way to shoot a podcast with very few, very few or minimum listenership. You can still make money off of that by how many people that listen to you. So I want to give a special shout out to Anchor app and for all the people that are listening to me right now. So as I said earlier, the episode is called Change is Good. We're going to talk about conference realignment, the new rules of MLB, uh, the collective bargaining agreement in all three sports, uh, free agency in the NBA, the transfer portal, and some team, one of my favorite teams is currently in trouble right now. And you'll be shocked who it is. So let's get get on to it. So when I mean change is good, in life, we all experience change. Sometimes for good, sometimes for the better. I mean, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Now, in sports, this is no different from everyday life. Now, in college football, change is, seems like almost every year. From the transfer portal to coaching changes, you know, uh, assistants going everywhere else, um, conference realignment. But let's start with conference realignment. So past couple of months, we heard that Texas and OU are moving to the SEC. <clears throat> I never thought this was going to happen, but it has. Obviously, it's a money issue. It's obviously a football thing. Um, they're supposed to move, I think, 2024 or 2025. Um, obviously, with Texas and OU being in the Big 12, they have media rights to Fox and Fox Sports and ESPN. Now, this would also help in recruiting, too, considering that a lot of SEC schools recruit in Texas. Um, there's plenty of talent to go around. Um, and also, it should be make for a very interesting conference schedule. Will they be in the SEC East or the SEC West? Um, obviously, they'll give a good challenge to Alabama. Um, I can't wait to see what that's going to be like. Now, the most interesting conference realignment is the two California teams moving to the Big Ten, USC and UCLA. Um, obviously, of course, like the OU Texas move, it's money, media deal. Um, much like Texas and OU, USC and UCLA have a lot of brand power. They're probably in the biggest media market in the world, LA. Um, great academic institutions. Obviously, with school presence, they value the most academic institution. But the name, just the name, USC, UCLA, I mean, it carries a lot of weight. And for a conference like the Big Ten, obviously, they have a partnership with the with the Pac-12, with the Rose Bowl. This only adds only adds fuel to the fire. So I can't wait to see how this will shape up. Now, when it comes to games, you know, teams going out west, that'll be also something, you know, they'll probably work out the logistics of it. Um, you know, the Big 12, they're adding Central Florida, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati. Uh, to me, the wild card would always be Notre Dame. I wish they would move to at least the, the ACC because they play an ACC basketball schedule, but they want to remain an independent. Obviously, with all the rivalries they have going on, you know, with uh, USC, Purdue, and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> but let's go to the, the transfer portal. Now, the transfer portal, it could be, 
you know, for obvious reasons, a coaching change, playing time, personal reasons, NIL deal. You know, it's funny now you say the NIL deal that I'm hearing myself say that. But for those who don't know what NIL is, it's name, image and likeness where you can make money off your name, image and likeness. So now you have a lot of kids doing that now. It's I mean, it's really become free agency. You know, a kid doesn't is not happy with his playing time. He could just move on. And I remember in one of my earlier podcasts, I was talking about Transfer Portal. Um, I, I think it applies in everyday life because sometimes we do something, we don't like it, we move on. Now, there could be a bad thing because it doesn't teach us how to go through adversity. And sometimes I think a lot of kids, they, or a lot of people in general, not just kids, a lot of people in general, um, don't know how to push through adversity because when something arises, they're like, oh, I want to move on from that. So I think with the transfer portal, I think there should be, there has to be some kind of legislation over it, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, though. So now, Major League Baseball, the rules. I was with the new collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, you know, that was put in place this year. Um, they impl- implemented new rules. What I, I heard just, what, I think last week? Yeah, last week. The shift, um, which will have four infielders two on each side of second base. So it eliminates how teams constantly shift over, let's say of a left-handed hitter who's a pull hitter, you know. Um, For me, the biggest change will be on offense because right now, as it stands, the universal average of major league teams is 243. That's crazy, 243. Now, a lot of that is launch angle, this whole um, analytics thing about launch angle. I mean, I... I'm not a huge fan of launch angle. I just always think of, hey, just get on base. You know, I value the on base thing. But, you know, now we're in the home run era. Obviously, we've moved on from the steroid era. Now we're in the what I call the athlete era. Guys who are maybe 6'1", 6'2". Man, I hit a ton of home runs, maybe 10, 15 home runs, but can get on base and are very good athletes. Um, The pitch clock. um, I know my guys, Alan and Terry, they, they like to hear in this, the pitch clock. Um, it'll be, so now it'll speed up the game in a sense. Um, we have 15 seconds when a pitcher is getting set, if his base is empty, 20 seconds with runner on base. And if a pitcher isn't ready, he'll be charged with the ball. So obviously with the pace of play, you know, there's been this huge argument about, oh, we need pace of play, all this good stuff. Oh, you know, we're trying to get more fans, more kids to watch the game. And I get all that. For me, I like baseball the way it was. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because now kids' attention spans, they're so low now. You know, they want to—they want something, instant action. For me, I just like the process of, you know, watching the game. If it's two to one, one nothing, so be it. That's just good pitching. But obviously, they're trying to get more people into the game. You know, with NBA rising in popularity, the NFL rising in popularity, Um you know, Major League Baseball, they're trying to do everything they can to get more people into the game. Um, the pickoff moves, obviously, with bigger bases, moving from 15 to 18 inches. Um, this would decrease injuries, the amount of injuries on the base paths. Um, they have the international draft. Um, the minimum average salary has gone up to close to, what, maybe $770,000. So that, you know, they and now minor leaguers, you know, they get housing, which I thought that should have been done a long time ago. Because um, I've seen some videos. If, if you watch YouTube and you see like um, 
there's this page I subscribe to. It's called Momentum. And, you know, they, a lot of these guys, they show the realities they have to go through as minor leaguers, you know, living off a minor league salary. <clears throat> so now we got the NBA, the new CBA agreement, the NBA. It's obviously for seven years. I think one of the issues they should tackle in the NBA is the free agency. Well, not the free agency also, but, uh, you know, you have guys signing deals and all of a sudden now they want out. That, that's crazy to me. You sign a deal, now all of a sudden you want out. It just doesn't work like that. I, Kevin Durant signed a four-year extension. Now all of a sudden he wants out. James Harden, he wants out. Ben Simmons, all of a sudden they want out. It, it can't work like that. I think it's you sign a contract, you honor that contract. I promise you if the, if the NBA were like the NFL in some instances where they were saying, hey, you know what? We could just cut you and cut you loose. It weren't guaranteed. Then the NBA PA Association would have a, they'd have a, you know, a hard time grasping that. There would be such an uproar. But they guaranteed money. <clears throat> they guarantee you all your money. I think you should play out your contract. That's just the way it is. And it goes back to what I talked about the transfer portal. Um, you know how people, they don't like to, you know, they don't like to, obviously, they, they don't like to, Stay in a situation. They don't like to push through adversity. I, I just, I don't know why that is. Also, there's been talk about reducing the games to 72 games. Um, I'm in favor of that. 72 games. Um, I like the playing tournament. I like the, I like the idea of having a mid-season tournament. That that I do love a mid-season tournament. So it get it, it creates parity in the league. The playing tournament, I love it. That also creates parity because. Now you won't have a team who's probably one who are under 500 making the playoffs, but still we have those. Um, yeah, and I just I love what the NBA is doing, but there's certain things I wish the NBA could change. So, as I said earlier, one of my teams is in trouble. My favorite teams, the Dallas Cowboys. If you must know, I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. I've been for a while. Dax hurt. He got hurt in Week One loss to Tampa. That ugly loss, 19 to three. So for the next couple of games, or at least what, maybe four or five games, they'll be with Cooper Rush. Um, <clears throat> but there's so much bigger problems than the quarterback situation. There's no help for CeeDee Lamb. He's the only, he's what you would call the sacrificial lamb. He's the number one receiver. Um, they didn't add anybody. They added James Washington in free agency. Um, they added somebody in the draft. I think they're gonna they really miss um Wilson, Cedric Wilson. They also, they miss Amari Cooper. Yeah, say what you want about his prompt, you know, his propensity not showing up in games, but that's where they miss him. Um, their defense is still good, but they need to feed the ball to Zeke and uh, and Tony Pollard, that one-two punch. I think they need to go back to running the football. Naturally, you have to Cooper Rush. Um, is Mike McCarthy's job on the hot seat? Yeah, if they lose another game, yeah, I would assume so. But they can still salvage the season. If they go into, when Dak comes back, let's say week seven, they go into week seven at least four and three, that's a win. That's a win right there. But they're going to have to commit more to the run game, commit to getting Zeke and Tony Pollard the ball more, um, finding ways to get CeeDee Lamb, you know, maybe in the return game. Um, you know, just finding ways to... So do I think they're in trouble? No, it's too early to tell.
So, a bunch of Sunday games on the slate. Uh, Jets, Browns. I really like the Browns in this one. Um, obviously, Zach Wilson's not playing. And with the Browns, that uh, emotional win against the Panthers. I love the Browns in this one. So, I have them winning 35-17. Commanders versus Lions. Carson Wentz showed out. Uh, Jahan Dotson showed out. But I have the Lions winning in this one, 24-21. Bucks saints For some odd reason, the Saints have the Bucks number. Um, but I, I believe Brady will find a way out this one. So this will be 23-20. Uh, Giants-Panthers. Giants showed some fight, albeit in the second half. The Panthers showed some fight, too, the whole game. Just, you know, hey. But I have the Panthers winning this one, 17-14. <clears throat> Steelers-Patriots. Woo! Steelers got lucky against the Bengals last week. Patriots came out of the dud against the Dolphins. I have the Patriots winning this one, 24-21. Colts versus Jaguars. Colts came out of tie. Jaguars came oh so close to beating Washington. But I have the Colts winning 35-21. Dolphins, Ravens. Wow. Tua came out firing. Tyreek Hill came out on fire. Lamar Jackson came out on fire. This will be a shootout, 34-31. Falcons, Rams. Falcons, something about Atlanta sports and these comebacks. The Rams came out, didn't look like a Super Bowl champ, a reigning Super Bowl champ in their week one loss to the Bills, but I have the Rams winning 24-14. Seahawks 49ers. Seahawks, a very impressive win against the Broncos. 49ers. Ooh, Trey Lance. Ooh, is he on the hot seat? Well, after this game, hopefully he's not. I have the 49ers winning 24-21. Bengals against Cowboys. Cooper Rush is starting. Joe Burrow looks to get off the schneid. So I have the Bengals winning 28-21. Texans Broncos. Obviously, Texans with a tie. They showed some fight. Broncos need to fix that offense. Russell Wilson will have a bounce back game. 34-28. Raiders Cardinals. I obviously predict the Raiders will sneak a win out this game. 28-27. And the Sunday night game. Bears Packers. Justin Fields. Hey, he's grown on me. He is grown on me. But I still think Aaron Rodgers, he rules, he owns the Bears. It will be 35-28. And the, and the doubleheader, the Bills-Titans. Woo! Bills came out on top against the Rams, showing their Super Bowl contender. Titans should have won that game against New York. So I have the Bills winning 24-21. Vikings-Eagles. <clears throat> That A.J. Brown, uh, Jalen Hurts connection, that's something special. Vikings, though, man, I like that Justin Jefferson. But I have the Vikings winning 24-21. And that was my NFL picks presented by yours truly, Jeff Malvison. So if you like what you heard on this podcast, hit that subscribe button and uh, follow me on social media as I put it down below. Also, if you're a first-time listener, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a long-time listener... Thank you also. And for those people who are, you know, who are on the fence about listening to me, I hope you like this episode. So have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah. <clears throat>